Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. I want to begin, I'm reading in Hebrews chapter number 10. I'm reading three verses of scripture here, 23 through 25. The Bible says here, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We must not waver in our decisions that we make without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. A lot of things being stirred up in our world today. Not all of it is love. Not all of it is good works. The church should be stirring up love and good works. Let us stir up love and good works. Verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, which is what we're doing right here today, right now. We have assembled ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And imagine this as the manner of some is. That should be mind-boggling to us, that it would be the manner of some to stop going to church. That some would stop going to church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, prompting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching, and we are fast seeing the day of the coming of the Son of, uh, the Son of God. We are seeing that soon to take place. Can you say amen? That day is approaching. John chapter 10, Jesus said this. Verse 27 and 28, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. There's a lot of voices in our world today. Many, many voices. But Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, And I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. That's the most important thing here is the eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. From that, those verses of Scripture today, I want to talk to you a little bit about this subject that I have simply entitled, Whose Voice Are You Following? Whose Voice Are You? are you following? Now, just before I preach to you today, I have a short video I want to show. And I want to just give you a a little heads up as to what takes place in this video, because it just opens up with whatever's happening, happening. Uh, There are some uh, uh, students that are at a farm, and they are at a sheep farm, actually. And uh, at this sheep farm, they are all having the opportunity to try to call the sheep over to them. All right? And you will see that none of them are successful until the shepherd himself steps forward. And suddenly when he starts calling the sheep, the sheep suddenly look because they recognize that voice. And then they all come. And it will bring tears to your eyes when you watch how familiar these sheep are with their shepherd's voice. So go ahead and watch this video and watch what happens here. One more time. Oh, one is. One is. 
amazing and now you know what Jesus meant when he said my sheep know my voice my sheep know my voice that's what Jesus meant and uh, incidentally there will be a link to that video in our description on YouTube our serve our sermon today is going to be on YouTube and there'll be a link to that video there um, if you want to see that video again you know, and uh, shepherds are, are able to allow all their sheep, all their herds to, to intermingle and to, and to feed together in a field. And then when it's time to split up, the shepherds will just go in different directions and start calling sheep. And only their sheep will leave that flock and follow them as they start separating. All the voices that are calling out and crying out in this world today, I want to be in tune to just one. I want to hear the voice of Jesus. And when he says, come unto me, I want to come. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, we live in a world today, of course, and I, 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 uh, I regret to have to tell you this, that nationwide church attendance is down. If you can imagine such a thing, people have less and less uh, are going to church. Church attendance is down, and it's just a terrible, it's a terrible thing that's happening. Uh, and the reason that it's happening is because people have this idea that they can follow their own voice, that they can do what they want to do, that they can make up their own mind and live how they want. Nobody tells me what to do. Did you ever hear anybody say that? Maybe you've said it yourself. Nobody tells me what to do. To do. And oftentimes, people that are not following Jesus do believe that they're following their own voice. I'm here to tell you, you are not. You are not following your own voice. What do I mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. Some people have an attitude as, no one's going to tell me what to do. Oh, yes, they are. And in fact, they already have. That's why you're saying that. <laughs> Let me explain. 
Your own voice, your own decisions, your own thoughts, your own feelings about life is really just the conglomeration of all the bits and pieces of information you have picked up from outside sources during your lifetime. Be they hurts that's formed an opinion in you, be it studies that you've learned in college or school, no matter what it is, your voice that tells you what you should do with your life is really just bits and pieces of all the other voices you've picked up during your lifetime. And you've applied them to yourself and now call them your own. Can you say amen? If you were brought up or lived or unfortunately stranded on a deserted island and you raised yourself like Tarzan, you would not be the person you are today. Why? Because you would not have had all of those other voices forming you and making you what you now are. So you are not your own. You are, you, are, you are not your own man or your own woman doing your own thing, doing what you think is right. You're doing the conglomerate of all the voices that have formed you. Can you say amen? So what I'm trying to say is that although we consider that what we believe or where we stand to be our own decision, it really is just the sum total of all the voices we've allowed to affect us. We live in a world today that believes there are no absolutes. They believe there is no absolute truth. But on this national Back to Church Sunday, I want to talk to you about the fact that there is truth, there is a truth, and you can find that truth because I know that truth's name, and his name is Jesus. And that, Jesus said, and his sheep hear him when he says this. In John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If you want to know what real truth is, real life is, you need to follow Jesus. You need to hear the master's call. Praise God. God is good. Now listen, listen. Not all voices are bad. Not all voices outside of Jesus' voice are bad voices. Voices that tell you to take care of yourself, to eat right, to exercise. I exercise. You'd never know by looking at me, but I do. <laughs> I try to eat right. Again, you'd never know by looking at me, but I do try to eat right. And so far, I'm up to about 35% of the time I'm doing good. I'm getting there. My next goal is 40% of the time. <laughs> it is good to eat right. It is good to exercise. It is good to take care of yourself. Some of us, as I look around here today, have got good jobs. You have gone to school. You've studied. You've worked hard. You've, you've, uh, you've climbed the, what they call the corporate ladder. You've got good positions. You're well-respected in your companies. Uh, that's a good thing. You need to go to work. Incidentally, I said in our 8.30 service this morning, I told them this, and I want to tell you this. Uh, when you go to work and you're supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock, you don't show up at 8 o'clock and punch your time clock at 8 o'clock. Right? You, 
you show up at a quarter of to punch your clock and get your coffee and get your stuff together so you are ready to work at 8 o'clock. All right? That's just for free. You don't have to pay extra for that. Praise God. Unless I throw out some more good wisdom, I may, char- I may hold an offering plate on your way out. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Being dedicated to your family. That's a good thing to do. That's a good way to be. Honorable. Dedicated to your wife and to your children. How many of you ever heard, be moderate in all things? That's a good philosophy to live by. Be moderate in all things. And there are many, many, many others, good, other good philosophies that we could and probably should follow. But the problem with every one of these, every single one of them, getting to work on time, studying hard in school, listening to your mother and father, listening to your mother and father, Obeying your parents. Doing what your dad says. All right. None of them will get you eternal life. I don't care how hard you are. You should be a hard worker. You should be an honorable man or a woman. You should labor hard. You should be somebody that your boss on the job can, can trust and respect. It will not get you into heaven. You should listen to your parents. You should be obedient to your mom and dad. It will not get you into heaven. You should be faithful to your wife or faithful to your husband. It will not get you into heaven. There is only one thing that will get you into heaven. His name is Jesus. I am the way, he said. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Can you say amen? And so none of those voices can get you into heaven. I can work out. I can eat, right, in order to live. I want to I I live while I'm alive. I'm not always going to be alive, but while I am, I want to live. But none of that's going to get me into heaven. Jesus said it this way. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36 and 37, he said, What will it profit a man if he gains the entire world? And lose your soul. What good is it? What good is it to gain the whole world and at the end of it all lose your soul? And then he said this, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What are you trading your soul for? I don't have time for Jesus because I got this. Is that worth going to hell over? Is that worth missing heaven over? Got to ask yourself that question. Is this worth missing heaven over? Because if it makes it so that I don't have room for Jesus in my life, it's going to cost me. Let me ask you this, because the opposite is true. What does it matter how much money I make if I lose my soul at the end? What does it matter how strong I am? if I lose my soul when it's all over? What does it matter how healthy I am if I lose my soul at the end? What does it matter how big my house is or what kind of car I drive if it's costing me my soul? What does it matter how many friends I have if I lose my soul? 
And so the opposite is true. What does it matter what I have if I lose my soul? But the opposite is, what does it matter if I miss out on if I gain heaven? What does it matter if I never get that big house on the right side of the tracks if I'm going to heaven? What does it matter if I never get the blessings and the benefits that this world has to offer if I have heaven waiting for me? Praise God. I want to have this testimony when my end comes. And we all got an end coming. But I want to have this end that the Apostle Paul said when he had his end. I fought a good fight. Spiritual fight, he's talking. I finished the race. And then he said, I have kept the faith. I kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And then he said, and not to me only, but to all of those who have loved his appearing and who have put the master first in their lives. Praise God. Please don't don't misjudge. Don't misjudge quote me or mistake me because you know how I feel about school, about education, about hard work, about striving to be the best you can be. You know how I feel about that, but none of that should replace your walk with God. And when it starts interfering with your walk with God, that goes and my walk with God stays. Can you say amen? And that's why it's so important that on this National Back to Church Sunday, that we determine in our hearts that church is not going to be a a once-a-year event, a special occasion event. Can you say amen? We need to be in church regularly. In fact, the Bible says that they met every first day of the week. Well, Sunday is the first day of the week, so that's why we meet on Sunday. The Bible said they met regularly, and they met during the week. Let me encourage you, if you're not in one of our life groups, to see Sister Shoshana Frank Rausch, who is our life group director, because that's small group fellowship that really gets down to the nitty-gritty and helps us live for God. The church is wonderful. Get into a small group also. Can you say amen? So I'm going to list here, as I come to a close, I want to list some reasons why the Bible says we need to be faithful to church, not just once a year, on Back to Church Sunday. Back to church needs to be every Sunday. It's time to get back to church. I hope next Saturday night you start thinking, hey, it's time to get back to church. What do I got to plan for to be up on time tomorrow and get to church on time? You ready? Number one, go to church so that you won't be hardened by sin. That's Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Go to church regularly because God tells you to. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Incidentally, as I've said, all of this is going to stay up on our YouTube page, so you can go check it later, and you can write, look all these scriptures up. We're not going to do that right now. I'm going to read through these. Number three, go to church because you need the spiritual encouragement, and you need to encourage somebody else. Hebrews 10, 25. Go to church to hear God's word, powerful word preached. 
Now, I paused here at the 8.30 service. I'm going to pause here again right now and tell you. My preaching is not always powerful. I'm a, I'm a man. Sometimes I'm hit and miss. I'm good some days. Some days I just don't have it. Let me tell you something. Whether I have it or not, the word I'm preaching is powerful. And I'm tired. Of, I, I'm getting, I, I, this is not your fault. This is my fault. I'm tired of thinking i got to do a good job and entertain. It doesn't matter how well I deliver it, how off of a day I'm having, this word is powerful. And we need to hear the powerful word of God preached, Hebrews 4.12. We need to go to church to sharpen and to help sharpen others, according to Proverbs 27.17. We need to go to church to exercise our spiritual gifts, and we all have a spiritual gift. Every single one of us, God did not put the breath of life into anybody that he did not with that breath give you something to offer to others. Romans 12.6. We need to go to church so that we can be used by God for the good. 1 Corinthians 12.7. We need to go to church because we're part of his body. And when his body meets, we need to be there. Romans 12.5. We need to go to church to partner in the preaching of the gospel. Philippians 1 and 5. We need to go to church to help mentor others. You realize you influence people? And do you realize others can influence you? We need to mentor others and be mentored. Titus 2, 2 through 6. We need to go to church so that we can train up our child or our children in the way that they should go, Proverbs 22, 6. We need to go to church to show love for one another, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. We need to go to church to show the world the love of Jesus, John 13, 35. We need to go to church so that we can bear one another's burdens. So when you're down, I can pick you up. And when I'm down, you can pick me up, Galatians 6, 2. We need to go to church so that we can stir up one another to love and to good works. Hebrews 10.24. We need to go to church to celebrate baptism and, the, and to fulfill the Great Commission. I mean, you know what the Great Commission is? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I ask you, what is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? That's why Acts 2.38 said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That was Matthew 28.19 and 20 in Acts chapter 2.38. We need to go to church to celebrate the, Lord, the Lord's Supper, and we will be having a communion service this fall. We'll be announcing that. But we're supposed to be doing that. Having the Lord's Supper, Matthew 26. 26 through 28. We need to go to church to take care of one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. We need to go to church so that we can suffer together. 1 Corinthians 12, 16. I promise you right now as I look around this auditorium, somebody here is suffering. Somebody here is hurting, whether it's emotionally, physically, spiritually, somebody's struggling. We need to lift one another up. When you're down, I'll lift you up. And when I'm down, you lift me up. That's why we come to church, so we can see each other, help each other, encourage one another.
We need to go to church so we can rejoice together. When you're up, come on in here and rejoice. We'll rejoice with you. 1 Corinthians 12, 16. I'm almost done. There's a lot of reasons to go to church, isn't there? We need to go to church because the rest of the body needs you. Do you hear me? The rest of us need you. I'm not important. Yeah, you are. When was the last time you checked the condition of your pinky toe? I can guarantee you as I look around here, I can see every one of us looked in a mirror at our faces. Because I don't see any messed up face here today. But how many of you checked your toenails this morning? Somebody did. That's good. I'm not even going to ask if you do that every day. Just Praise God. Every part of the body needs each other. I haven't checked my baby toenail lately, or my baby toe for that matter. But I would sure notice if it was suddenly not there when I tried to walk. The church needs every body part because every body part is indispensable. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. You are missed when you're not here. You may think nobody notices, but you are missed. We need to go to church to remind one another what we were created for. Ephesians 2.10. We need to go to church to live out the reality of who you really are and what you were created to be, 1 Peter 2.9. We need to go to church so that we can proclaim His excellence, and we do that better together than we do alone. And lastly, we need to go to church so that we can remember who it is we belong to. Because if we get caught up in this world too much and we never reconnect with God and with God's people, we begin to forget who it is we belong to. And it just might be that our shepherd is calling and we're not recognizing his voice. The Bible says once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. 1 Peter 2 and 10. And so I ask you in closing today one more time, whose voice are you going to follow? What voice are you listening for? I know my shepherd's voice, and it is my shepherd's voice that I will follow until the day I see him in all of his glory. Would you clap your hands for Jesus? Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.